Hey, good morning, Metropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! What can I say? The tribal loves me. Shall you be After you, Junior. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I am Caleb. Oh, no, I am Timber. I was doing the Caleb Coho thing. Get it? That's what he used to do. And he was, and did he do that? Did he do that? And has he been doing that in Warzone? Is the. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Warzone. Yeah. At least oh, once. That's... He's done it one time, at least. I think he's only hosted one match, but yes. Son of a bitch. Uh, anyway, welcome to Logged It. Uh, this is episode number 52. We called an audible because uh, only me and Boatman and Cody care about love and movie couples. Nobody else that... Nobody else wanted to talk about Fun it. Fun fact, YLS has tried couples like three times and has fit and had to do an audible three times. I just think this community doesn't know what love is. I want to know what love is. Uh, I, I might talk about it later, but actually not because I watched a worse movie. But Maggie and I watched Rock of Ages earlier this week. She was like, let's watch it. And I said, okay. And even she was like. You watched a worse one than that? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least in that movie, I get to listen to songs I like. Like, that you know, that's very that is very true. The movie's terrible, but like at least there's some good music. Uh, but anyway, welcome to Logged It. We're talking about we we called the Audible. We're talking about best movies we've watched for multiplex. So it's gonna be something you watch for YLS. This show debate trivia, um, something in the multiverse. Um, that time we used to have, you know, Ghibli, I don't know, uh, it, the crazy shit has happened. Uh, and there's been many movies watched in this community. Um, we've yelled at each other about them for so many years, and we're just going to fuel that energy more tonight. Uh, so, Cody, welcome to the program. Um, Milwaukee Brewers rule. What do you think about the show tonight? My baseball season's over. I'm ready for football. Um, Aaron Rodgers has no wide receivers, so suck it. That's Either true. Uh, that's true. Uh, uh, this is really this is gonna be a fun topic. Um, again, as somebody that's ran a show for a while that had to watch a lot of questionable movies, I'm glad you picked best instead of worst because that would have been an easier decision for me. Uh, best is gonna be interesting. Um, and, and it sparks another topic. By the way, I can announce it here. We're actually going to be drafting YLS uh, multiplex like players and matches from the seasons that we have done coming back from YLS. So we're also doing a multiplex themed episode. But nice. I'm glad I was off on a Tuesday. I'm glad to be here. I'm, I wonder how long uh, until Bowman annoys me. Uh, he already sang, but I give him Mulligan. We'll see what happens. But excited to be here. That's fair. Caleb, you are here as always. Thank you, sir. It is always nice to see your shining face. Did you get a haircut? Yes, I did. Nice. I noticed, huh? Nice. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I'm here. Uh, always happy to be here. I. It always feels like you and I don't host together all that much, and I don't know if that's actually true, but it just I'm, felt like lately. I've either I've been busy or you've been busy, so I like yeah. I like being with you, Tim. I agree. Life is uh thrown me some lemons and then said fuck the lemons 
so it's been it's been a little cuckoo. Uh, Joseph, you were kind of on the show last week, uh, but now you're here this week, and your internet looks a lot better. How you doing, buddy? Decent. <laughs> He's still going to respond like he's... Oh, that's fair. Uh, Matthew, first time on the show for Mr. Chen. Um, a very delightful person. Always happy to see you on the screen, whether it's in uh, Warzone fandom. Have you ever been on YLS? No, I haven't. I'm about to be on a Top 40 Musicals. Oh, nice. That starts tomorrow. Yes, everybody be sure to check that out. It is hosted by Caleb, but don't let that sway you. Uh, it's going to be a really fun time. It's the uh, Kingsman talk about musicals. It's going to be a blast. Isn't Bar? bar. If you about. still think Bar is not really a part of Kingsman, some Bar is kind of a, a lie. Like, I would say Bar is as much of a Kingsman as John Marr probably is. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to get into the show, and we're going to kick it off the way that we kick off the show every week, which is by talking about our favorite movies that we logged this week. Cody, we are going to start with you on oh. this. And what you got for us? I'm I'm normally used to you starting things on shows. So I try this not is to, because since you criticize me all the time. <laughs> well, you know, egomaniac you. Um, okay, I will go with, um, I watched it last night. I'm going to go with uh, Joel Schumacher's, uh, one of his good movies. I'm going to go with A Time to Kill. Um, a Time to Kill, uh, I watched this with me and Mike on call. I've watched it before, um, but I, I wanted to rewatch it. Um, courtroom dramas are just like my favorite thing, I think. Um, I, I There's not a profession like this, but I just want to be in the courtroom. I don't want to do any of the arguing or yelling or like ruling or judging, but I just want to watch it all day and be paid for it, you know? But I don't know if that's... Maybe like a critic for judges and stuff. I could do that. I don't know. But I absolutely had a bailiff. A... Maggie says, "Be a bailiff." But I think that's like you got to be like I don't know. You got you got to call people out, and I don't know if I can do that. I'm scared. Um, but this is a very de depressing movie, kind of um, like all in all with the subject matter. Basically, it's in the South. Um, uh, a guy's daughter gets base uh, gets taken by two white men and like brutally attacked and raped and he gets vengeance on them and shoots them inside the courthouse it's not a spoiler it happens in the first 15 minutes but shoots them and then is put on trial for that and then it's the entire court proceedings on him and what he did and their revenge on trying to take him Matthew McConaughey, Samuel L. Jackson uh, Kevin Spacey uh, Sandra Bullock uh oh donald donald sutherland, sutherland. yeah donald sutherland so, Oliver the cast Keith sutherland keith or sutherland the cast oh. is great and overall it's got great like courtroom like uh drama um back and forth and you kind of you kind of know like it's no like shocker where the movie's really gonna go like it's not one of those like oh i'm shocked by the verdict but it's a such it's such great like um Basically, the bigot of the South and him having to overcome that to get a fair trial for uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character. Um, really great movie. I highly recommend it. It's a little long, but overall, I think it's a, a damn good time. For it. And they're yeah, very hot and sweaty. I saw that it is. I saw this in high school uh, and really liked it. Uh, I, too, love courtroom stuff. Um, but 
I, I know that in real life it's probably not as exciting as they make it in the movies. Uh, I I just watched last week uh, that movie that everybody hates, where the crawdads sing, and there's quite a bit of uh, courtroom stuff in that. And honestly, that's why I like the movie. Like I gave it a three star, and I was like, I like this because of the courtroom stuff. It's not done very well, but just any type of trial situation, I I'm, I eat it up like like candy. I think it's fucking really entertaining. And uh, this one is this one's intense, and I, I need I need to give it a rewatch um, because I've I remember liking it in high school, but it's been a very very long time. Uh, Boatman, what about you? I watched the last thirty minutes of this movie or so, and it made me want to watch the rest of it, but I have not seen the whole thing. Uh, Joseph. Uh, honestly, the last 30 minutes, or at least the ending, the, la- the last few scenes might be my least favorite aspect. I feel like it's a little bit easy. It, it-, it feels a little bit easy way of concluding it. But yeah, for a movie that's, uh, that's I-, I agree with Cody that it's a, a quite a bit of a long movie, but I think that it goes pr- by pretty well. The, sta- the-, the cast is really stacked. I was surprised there were a lot of people I did not expect to see in this movie not just the sutherland father and son duo and uh yeah i i enjoy it for for the most part <laughs> matthew have you seen it uh this is one of my friend's favorite movies so i've been meaning to watch it but i haven't gotten to it yet wow what a friend you're a bad friend yeah, Jesus. no you're barely not no bad god um okay it's pretty quick cr- just one more thing. I just realized it's kind of crazy. This was the this was released the year before Batman and Robin, and the year after Batman Forever. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, when did Rainmaker come out? Uh, ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven. Next year. Yeah. Wow. All right. It's just crazy now that I'm realizing that that's how Schumacher sandwiched this movie. Uh, Bowman, let's go to you. Your favorite movie that you logged this week? Uh yeah. Uh. I'm, I'm going with the theater release. This is a movie that has gotten some mixed reception. I was shocked when I saw your review. Really? Like, I'm shocked. I can't tell. Uh, are you being sarcastic? I'm no, I'm di- I, lo- I really liked the movie, and I was shocked at how much I, you liked it. Bullet Train rules, guys. Bullet Train is like, yes, it is like, is it like, you know, balls to the wall action and a bunch of like, just crazy action, yes. But it has, A, it's visible and well-done action because A, you can tell what is going on, and B, it's actually well-lit because action movies don't like themselves anymore and they just look dark and foggy and you can't tell what's happening. This is a movie where you can tell what's happening and it's awesome, and you've got great characters. I love these characters. Like, at the end of the day, that's what... Like, a lot of action movies have sucky characters. These characters rule brad pitt being all like awkward and anxious and just like totally uncomfortable in the situation that he's in and it's hilarious it's like the least brad pitt role ever uh i ever everyone in the movie is like great uh joey king is really good in this and i know a lot of people really liked um the princess so like and so like this is a good year to be joey king um and she she was really good in that. There's a lot of great comedy, uh, specifically a moment involving uh, a water bottle 
uh, got me like very just like funny. There's a lot of like fist pumpy moments, particularly a certain song that plays towards the end of the movie is like very fun. But my favorite things about the movie are Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson. They are just hilarious. They have a great back and forth. I love the heck out of this. I honestly don't really quite get why like this has been so like divisive. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I really, really liked it. I was shocked. I was going into it. It was pitched to me. Um, Mr. Tyler Butler uh, actually came and paid me a visit in Manitowoc this week. It was, it was really nice. Uh, and he came and watched it at my theater and he left it and I asked if he liked it. He said it was okay. He's like, I thought it, it was, he was like, it felt like Deadpool 2 meets Guy Ritchie. And that was like an immediate turnoff to me because uh, I hate Guy Ritchie and I hate Deadpool 2. Uh, and honestly, I, I just don't really like any of David Leach's movies besides John Wick, which he technically like, yeah, we know he directed it with chad but it, he's not credited so i didn't like atomic blonde hobbs and shaw's fine um i really didn't like um uh now i can't uh, deadpool 2 like i said so i i just i wasn't really looking forward to it but i really enjoyed it i i agree aaron taylor johnson straight up i think is one of the most under underrated young working actors today I think he's so good and he's continues to get better. Like if you look at him in like kick ass, like he's fine, like he's good, but he's fine. And then now he's just like, he's a star. He's so good in this movie. And Brian Tyree Henry, I've always liked, I think he was just awesome in this. Um, there's fucking samurais. There's fucking like trains exploding. There's the crazy characters, fun shit. I, I had a really good time watching it. It was also great because I was sitting next to like an 80-year-old woman in the theater. And so every time that I went, because <gasps> something very violent happened, she was just going, oh, no. And I'm like, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, that guy did get stabbed. Like, so, no, I had a good time. Um, yeah, I also don't quite understand. Uh, I, I don't think it's like God's gift to action films. Like, I, I think I've seen other movies that feel similar um but i do think this is the better end of them but i would never say that like like coho dropping the five on it i'm like dude like calm down but like the four four and a half like okay yeah i can get behind it i gave it a four i really liked it i want to watch it again it, if you're gonna see it definitely do see it in the theater i think it's worth the trip to the theater so cody i'm assuming you haven't gotten to this one yet but are you interested i'm super interested i was very uh, annoyed with the reviews because I was like, man, this looked really awesome from the trailer. But I was like, maybe the trailer has... Um, but I think the reason Coho gave it such a high score is because I think this movie like felt like it was at two times speed because isn't it for, like fast-paced action? So maybe that's yeah. why it's five times. Yeah, that's, that's true. That makes sense. Uh, Joseph, did you get a chance to see it? Not yet. But you mentioned that you weren't sure if this was the big uh, action movie of, of for action movies. What about maybe just of this time period of the 2020s so far? What do you think? Where do you think it stacks up? I it, that, that's, I'd have to look at everything else because right now, if I were to pick like, because it's definitely like to me like uh, like Boatman said like 
fist bumping, like hell yeah moments. I don't know how much that's going to hold up on rewatch versus something like Top Gun Maverick that I can say like that shit holds up on on rewatches and I think will hold up as the years go on versus I don't know if Bullet Train is going to hold up on second, third, fourth viewing. I hope it does because I liked it. I'll but... be honest, this is the first time in a while we're coming out House of, of Gucci. Theater, I've immediately wanted to go back in and rewatch it. Like, I don't like watching wow. it twice in the theater. This was a movie where I don't know what it was. Maybe I was just in a really good mood, but yeah. that I was like, I just immediately wanted to go back in. It's because your dad said, let's go watch a movie. And you're like, yeah, let's go. That's true. That's true. Dr. Soul approved of this movie. He he enjoyed the heck out of it. But I'm interested to know about that, Joseph. So I'll look at a list of movies from the 2020s and let you know. Uh, Matthew, uh, you got to see this. I think I saw a review from you, right? Yeah. No, this uh, movie was really fun. I think I really what I really like about it is how it uses the confined space of a bullet train and is able to create some really creative action sequences with like the objects surrounding them and i think you know like visually it looks great the lighting uh i think the colorful cast of characters is really entertaining and that's what also makes it like so good because like the story isn't like anything too special but it's these really fun characters that you get to meet um that uh really interested me yeah uh no i'll say even just filtering on letterboxd movies that i think are better that are action movies from this year top or from the 2020s top gun maverick uh no time to die i thought was a lot stronger um those were the first two that i saw that jumped out to me on the list but uh out of those top ones this is probably the next one um unless we count the movie that i'm going to talk about which is also a new release so we will get to that so um it pisses me off it pisses me off. I had to watch it at home, but Prey is fucking awesome. It's so fucking good. Uh, Maggie fell asleep in the last 20 minutes. Come on, Maggie. I don't think Maggie's seen the end of a movie in a year and a half. Uh, but Prey, Prey was really good. Um, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, honestly, this and Bullet Train are both probably in my top 10 of the year right now, but I, I had a really, really good time watching Prey. I thought that as a Predator movie, um, it did exactly what I needed. Um, but I just kind of as like an action movie in general, it had really compelling characters. I cared about the lead characters. Um, I, I cared about the... I don't want to spoil it. It, it, it. You can realize what's happening pretty much right away, and it's like the other movies, but the way the Predator is hunting and the rules that are set up as to why he's hunting the way he's hunting, I thought was really cool, really interesting. Thought the lead performance was was very, very good. And honestly, I thought the visual effects were excellent. I liked the look of the Predator. I saw somebody complain that he looks different. Well, who fucking cares? Like, I get they redesign it like every movie, but like, if this is a prequel, it's the first time he's on Earth, I don't care. I just thought the action was amazing, and I thought overall the movie was really, really fun. I do want to watch it uh, again. So, big fan of this. Uh, Cody, did you get to watch Prey? Uh, two questions. One, is this going to be in fandom? No. Okay. Then, maybe after I watch the other 
terrible bomb you dropped on fandom with the Alien vs. Predator movies. Um, but I'm going in release order, and I've hated Predator. Like, the first Predator, I think, is, like, awful, to be honest with you. Oh, I don't wow. like it. I don't like it at all. I never found anything. Maybe on this current watch that I'm doing, something will change my mind. But I've never been a big fan. Um, I like Alien and Aliens, but um, I, I'm excited because it seems like everybody is on board with this, and maybe it's a new direction for Predator that makes sense. I know now all I keep seeing on Twitter is they want to see the Predator versus every different like era of people at some point. Like It would be a cool thing, and I think that's neat. I'm cool with it. Um, it looks cool. I, it's really weird. I guess I know why it was released, because they probably had to sell Hulu, but... Um, they um but i think is i just think it loses some appeal because i think this movie would have done really well with big screen i don't know like it's not like a a drama that you like coda works on apple tv because it's like you don't lose anything from coda there you lose something from a action movie on yeah there there's one scene in particular and i don't want to spoil it but basically there's uh a lot of enemies going up against the predator in one scene and there's like it, it it's towards the end of the second act and i just i wish i saw that in the theater so bad and i think the reason they probably stayed away was the predator didn't do that well um and originally if i'm i, I could be mistaken but originally this didn't start out as like uh, they weren't going to like advertise it as a Predator movie at all. And so I think their whole marketing for it was like, we're going to make it for Hulu. We're going to call it one thing that doesn't have Predator in it. And then people will just watch it and figure out it's a Predator movie. But Hulu decided, nah, fam, we're going to mark the shit out of this. So, uh, but uh, Caleb, did you get to watch this? I've not seen this yet. Um, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I don't really love the first Predator. I think it's like fine. I don't hate it, but I think it's like fine. So I've been kind of hesitant to watch it. But if it's supposed to be like really, really good, like even a curmudgeon like me can get behind it, I'll check it out. That's yeah, I don't I don't think it's like a five star movie or anything. But I give it a four. I I, I just I had a really really good time. Uh, Joseph, did you watch it? I have not. Okay. Matthew. Uh, no, I haven't. I'm not really a big fan of the Predator franchise, but I really love 10 Cloverfield Lane, so I'm excited to yeah. see what Dan Trachtenberg has done. This is that guy? Yeah, it's the same guy as 10 Cloverfield Lane. I'm kind of... Which is, which is honestly, like, S-tier, like, home thriller, like... I like 10 Cloverfield Lane way more than everyone else did. I, well, well, not I, I, more than everyone else did, I, but I really liked it. That was one of my favorite movies that year. I'm with you on that one. Okay, cool. Um, all right, let's move on to Joseph. What you got for us? Uh, so the the film that stood out the most to me from the movies I logged on Letterboxd as my favorite one, because there's another one that stood out for my least favorite one, but the one that stood out to me for my favorite one uh, was a recent release as well, but uh, it was from the end of last year. It was from the end of last year, finally caught up this past week, The Last Duel. Oh. This movie is... Uh, <laughs> uh, I think Ridley Scott has a lot of talent as a director. Uh, Alien and Blade Runner should be enough to prove that. I think I love those two movies. And I also really like Gladiator and The Martian. 
but I don't know for some I don't know for some reason I feel like he's needed to I feel like he's been having a bit of a, a slower end of his career for some reason I think the Martian was good but I didn't love it as much as to give it a best comedy of the year for at the Golden Globes but uh, this movie it was two and a half hours long but. I was very invested by the story. I was not expecting it to be uh, told from multiple perspectives. So seeing uh, the different characters' perspectives from Matt Damon and then Adam Driver and then Jodie Comer made me uh, more interested and more, uh, and it made me think more about the characters and their whole situation about what they're, um, why they're there and why the duel is happening. Uh, and there were some revealing character moments from the different perspectives. And that tells you more about what uh, Matt Damon and Adam Driver and Adam Driver think about themselves. And I thought that was very interesting. And the duel itself, no spoilers in case anybody hasn't seen it, but it's great. Uh, this was my favorite film of last year. Um I absolutely fucking love this movie. Um, I've seen it three times now. I do need to watch it again, but I just did. Um, I, I, if you, if you follow me on Letterboxd, I just posted a Ridley Scott ranked list. Um, I watched all of his films this year, um, and I finally got through them. But I actually started with this because uh, it had just come out on Blu-ray in like February, and so I, wa- I rewatched it on Blu-ray after seeing it twice in the theater and then went back to the beginning with the duelists and went all the way through. But um, I love the movie. I've talked about it on this show. I just think it's, it's so, so good. It's so special. Uh, Jodie Comer, I think was, was honestly like robbed of any recognition. I think they all were honest. I think this movie in general, uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't mad when, Will Smith slapped someone. I wasn't mad when uh, there were weird jokes at the Oscar Museum thing, uh, but I was mad when they made a joke about the last duel at the Oscars. I was fucking pissed. I wanted to throw fists uh, because this movie's awesome. Uh, I just I think it's so good and it deserved a lot more recognition. But honestly, looking at Letterbox, thirty nine people have rated it uh, that we follow um on the multiplex account so that's that's a good chunk of people that's over half of the people we follow have logged this movie so i'm glad that people are watching it um but it's it's just an excellent movie it from beginning to end i i just it's my second favorite ridley scott film now officially as well uh behind alien uh so i i think it's just and i i would say recency bias but i just watched all the movies and ranked them as I went. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love it. So. I'd have to rewatch Gladiator. It's been a while, but it's either Gladiator or this movie has my three behind Alien and Blade Runner. Also, Gold, old, also Golden Raspberries, calm down on the Ben Affleck nomination. Of yeah. all the things that came up from it, that's the one that it gets. And it's that's that to me is annoying. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I have Gladiator at six. I'm sorry. Uh, what's that? What's between uh, this and Gladiator? I have Alien, Last Duel, Martian, Black Hawk Down, Blade Runner, then Gladiator. So, okay. What's what, Boatman? What? Nothing. Nothing. 
You don't like Black Hawk Down? I haven't seen Black Hawk Down. All right. Then why are you yelling at me? I didn't yell at you. Uh, Cody, last duel. I mean, I'll yell at you. Uh, that ranking's trash. Um, but I'm proud of you that you completed it. Um, Gladiator perfection. Uh, anyways. It's really um, and Blade Runner is one of the worst movies I ever watched. And if you haven't watched, uh, if you haven't watched, if you haven't watched Mayhem at the Multiplex, then you can't give me any crap because I will never watch that movie again um, after that debate. <laughs> um, anyways, um, on that note, he beat me. He picked Roy Batty, and he beat me with the, and that was where I lost against Kirk. Uh, go watch the match; it's terrible. Uh, anyways, uh, last duel, great movie. Great movie. Uh, the movie's made for me. I've always said that, like, when one of these movies come out, it's like Irishman. I don't care what other people rate it. When Irishman came out, it was going to be it was, was going to be perfect for me. This is one of those movies. I think it's I think this is like the biggest crime from the Oscar season altogether. I just still don't understand how it just like skated under the radar. And no one gave it anything, and no one nominated it. I think Ben Affleck by far is the worst of everybody in the movie. I'm sorry, like, I'm, I'm not saying he's bad, but he is he. If anything, you give him bad for the haircut. But overall, I think that's the movie works. I love how they take different perspectives on all of it. I love the ending of this movie. I think it's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Like the more I talk about Matt Damon, like he's probably in my top five favorite actor of all time. Like I love Damon's work. Like the more I look into it, like he does movies that are perfect for me i love the martian so yeah great job last duel should have gotten way more uh, appreciation especially when you look at the fact that it came out like literally a month before house of gucci and that was the one getting all of the like oscar buzz it's just like it, it it's stupid because this movie it, it, they're night and day i rewatched house of gucci yesterday and it's i haven't yet it's it's not that great uh boatman yeah, no, uh, Last Duel is fantastic. Jodie Comer has such a tough job. She has to play three different characters, essentially. She has, like, I think she has the toughest job out of everyone in the movie. Because, like, while Matt Damon and Adam Driver and even Ben Affleck, to agree, have to play different versions of their character. I think Jodie Comer has to be completely different depending on which version of the, basically depending on who's telling the story. I'll also say I really like Ben Affleck in this to the point where I would say he's not my least favorite of like the main four. I would actually say, even though he's fantastic, Adam Driver is my least favorite of the main four. Um, but I think all four leads are fantastic. Um, there's not like a bad banana in the bunch. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Matthew, did you see this? Yeah, I uh, was the only person in my theater that watched this. Um, wow. Very unfortunate. But yeah, no, it was a really great uh, movie. I think it's just it tells a very effective story by using the three different perspectives and all the performances are amazing, especially Jodie Comer. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's great. Yeah, it was super weird. I, I watched it early at the theater, so like I was obviously alone the first time I saw it because I was watching it early. But the second time Maggie and I went and saw it, it was like a packed auditorium. So all I had been seeing online was like, nobody's going to see this movie. It didn't make any money. And then we walked into the theater and it was like sold out. And like maybe that's just like the town I live in is like, this is the type of movie that would do well. Did you say old white people? <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, I... I, I I really love this movie. So great pick. 
Uh, Matthew, let's go to you. Uh, okay, so uh, I've been watching a lot of movies for a picture of this. And so the last week that we we talked about, uh, the last weekend is my pick. What's the year? Uh, this is 1945. 1945. Yeah. Wow, uh, Matthew, you're a great ventriloquist. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm making a joke. Relax. I know, I know. Go on, Matthew. Okay. Yeah, this movie is just, it's incredible. It's uh, Billy Water. He, he just doesn't miss. And it's a really bleak look at an alcoholic who's like really well played by Ray Milan. And you just like, you know, he's drinking and you really, you don't want to see him continue to drink. You just like want it to stop. It's really easy to like root for this character. Um, and then also just uh, the screenplay is also brilliantly written. I think uh, Wilder and Brackett, they're able to create some more lighthearted moments, even if it's like it's kind of hard to like see this descent into uh, hopelessness. Uh, I think there's some really great scenes with just like the bartender and uh, the main character. I think uh, his wife, uh, played by Jane Wyman, is really good. And yeah, this is just an incredible film. Uh, I have not seen this, um, but I, I just I talked about it a lot. It's hard for me to get into uh, classics, but this is one that I have been told is is really, really, really good. We've talked about it on this show before, um, and so I, I do want to watch it because I've liked more Billy Wilder than I haven't liked. I would I would go as far as to say that Some Like It Hot is probably my one of my favorite classic films in general. I, I think it's really, really fucking good. Uh, so I, I do want to watch this, um, because this is, uh, this is way more dramatic, right? Like it's not a comedy, right. Or anything. Cause the only Billy Wilder, other Billy Wilder film I think I've seen is the apartment, which leans more comedic and romance than anything. So I'd like to watch a movie of his that leans more into the drama stuff. So yeah. Uh, Cody. Um, that somebody that started Billy Wilder like last year, um, or the year before, I don't remember, but we've got to stop using the phrase that Billy Wilder doesn't miss. Um, there's a movie out there called Kiss Me Stupid, it's about it's basically Me Too before Me Too came about. It's so awesome. Irma LaDuce is great. I don't want to hear the word. Irma LaDuce is good, great, comedic, great. Um, uh, but this movie is one I would say. Is one that's very underlooked from Wilder because even though it won Best Picture, it's very underlooked because um, it doesn't have the same like The Apartment, Sunset Boulevard, like those names attached to it. But it's one that won, and I think uh, he's like my twenty second of the Best Actor wins. Uh, he's in my twenty second rank on that. I think he's absolutely incredible the way he balances. I think the only gripe for this movie is like the score that sounds over it. It gets pretty like loud at certain points, and that's a that's a that some people have griped at, and I can see that. But overall, love it. Um, please don't tell me all you picture of this crew watch this on call together because if you did, yeah. I'm uh, okay. Good, good. Y'all drive me nuts. But um, uh, this great. Matthew doesn't drive me nuts. The rest of them drive me nuts. But yes, this is this is a great movie. Great choice, and I'm glad you got to watch it. Uh, Bowman, what's your take? Oh, yeah. Last Weekend is fantastic. Raven Milan rules. There's just, this is like probably Billy Wilder's most grimy looking movie. 
like this is his probably like most seedy feeling film. Like I like you can maybe argue like Sunset Boulevard, but even then that this doesn't there's something about the way this movie feels. It just feels very like nasty. Like not in a bad way, but there's just something about like just every shot that just kind of feels very uncomfortable and makes you feel very uneasy. That's a fantastic film. Um, yeah, Ray Milan's great. Jane Wyman. Jane Wyman rules. It's very similar to like Uncut Gems when yes. like he keeps reaching for the cash and stuff and it makes your stomach just turn. Like, just stop. You can get out of this. You can leave. And he just keeps grabbing for the bottle. It's, it's similar to that. Mm, that's a good comparison. Uh, Joseph. Yeah, I watched this movie for the first time earlier this year to complete my last stretch of Best Picture winners. I liked it. I think that it's a really, really good and really well-directed movie and acted movie. I think Ray Milan is the best part of it. Um, I just haven't really thought about it much afterwards. Like, I watched it and I was like, this is a really good movie. Um, but I haven't really thought about it much afterwards. Like, there's there's Billy Wilder movies that I've seen that make me think about them more and also think about uh, whether for serious films like Sunset Boulevard make me think about the commentary about it and keeps staying with me and other movies like the apartment or some or some like it hot and that made me go that was funny i remember that part made me laugh or that part was so funny also this movie it's really good um it's in the lower end of the wilder films that i've seen but it's still really good all right sounds good all right well then let's move on to our least favorite movies that we've logged this week cody we're going to kick it off with you Oh boy, the worst ones I've logged. Okay. Um, least favorite. Least favorite. Um, I could story. talk about. I could talk. Okay, I'll just talk about this one. I think one of them's pretty obvious. No, I'll talk about this one. Superman sucks. I just want to get this out there. Like, Superman is a bad superhero. I'm picking Superman 2. I could have picked Herbie Goes Bananas, but that's like a Disney movie that, like, for that time, I bet there's a lot of super. Now, this is not the the precious Donner cut that people talk about that makes this movie from uh, unwatchable mess to a watchable. I don't know, but let me be real. Zod should have won. Superman should have died, and the, we should have just not had any more of these because I. Cody's internet was offended by his take. See, it was fine until he started talking crap about the Donner Cut. He can finish talking when he comes back. Uh, I don't love this movie. I think it's fine. Uh, I actually agree with Cody that Superman does kind of suck. There's only one Superman movie I would go as far as to say that I like and it's not the one that everyone thinks i'm gonna say it's not superman the movie i actually superman returns I, I actually really like superman returns uh, i think superman returns is pretty pretty baller um but yeah superman 2 i i think is just i don't know there's just there's there's something about it that i've just never vibed with like everybody i remember growing up and everyone was like this is like the best superhero movie ever made and i'm like really like really and i don't even like the donner cut that much uh, I haven't watched it in a while because trivia, 
I got to watch the theatrical. Um, but yeah, it, it's fine. I don't hate it. I just, it's, it's not my favorite uh, movie for sure. Uh, Boatman. Yeah. Uh, the, so I watched the Donner cut first and then I, I watch, yeah, then I watched the theatrical cut and I was kind of shocked how different the two cuts are. Superman 2, not good. It's not good. Uh, the Donner Cut is great, though. Really like the Donner Cut. I think the Donner Cut, like, kind of feels like a proto Spider Man 2 a little bit. Like, a lot of the same themes. I, I really like the Donner Cut. Joseph. Uh, the first time I watched this movie was, I've only seen this once, and it was when I was trying to marathon the Christopher Reeve Superman films. Uh, the only one I had seen at that time was the first one but I wanted to rewatch it to give it a refresher. I still enjoy the first one. Like I get the people's issues with it, with the terms I like, of- I like it more now. When I, when I was first studying for trivia, I didn't love Superman the movie, but I've, I've come around on it. I like it. That's fair. But I just like the, I don't know. I feel like this su- version of Superman at least has a, such a good, he feels like the well. Anyway, I'm just saying the I re, I really I still really like the first one. The second one, uh, it's I I also have feelings that it's fine. There are parts that I like about it, but the there are scenes that really irk me. Like the part where uh, how the whole process of how Lois is trying to get Superman's identity. And the way that she puts herself out in different situations make me go like, what are you doing? You're stupid. And uh, there are other things, but that that aspect really stuck out to me as like, why is this regarded as infinitely superior to the original? Like, of course, if you're going to compare it to Superman 3 or Superman 4, which I watched afterwards then of course it's going to look like a masterpiece, but I don't know. I, it's it, maybe, maybe it needs an, maybe it needs to rewatch, but it's fine. I haven't seen the Donner cut. Uh, Matthew, what about you? Uh, I actually like Superman too. I, I think what I like most about it is Superman and Lois, just their relationship together. I find really charming. And I, I, I think Christopher Reeve and um, Marco Kidder, they're just really delightful together. So that's really the best part of that. Like, keeps me that i love the most and uh i haven't seen the donner cut though cody why don't you finish telling us about superman too is my mic is my mic bad no we can hear you okay that's fine um no like like i said i think superman like for the time that it came out or like when people read comics i just has like super nostalgia feels for everybody but how you could ever like sit there and wa- read like a comic book of superman and batman and then pick superman as your favorite i just question you as a person overall the man's like identity is glasses um like the green rock that's able to take him down everybody has it and everybody can access it like what are what if you're that big and power, like, why would people? It's just, it's so dumb. I don't know the difference between the Donner Cut and this. I've never watched it just because it wasn't for trivia. Um, but, like, I don't think it can do much better. Like, I do, I do think um, Zod, who plays Zod again? I can't. Or Stamp. Stamp. 
I think he's great, like, overall. Like, that's the only reason I, I'm in the movie. But Superman and Lois Lane, like, that entire... I don't like any of that. I'm so bored by the entire thing. And the people that, like, this is one of DC's, like, big three. Oh, gosh. Wonder Woman. Like, Wonder Woman as a character is better than Superman. Glasses? The entire city of Metropolis is confused by glasses. And if there's not a phone booth by, he doesn't know how to change. Like, Wonder it's the dumbest thing ever. He can't even fit in this world because he has. Oh, oh I don't know what to do. Like, God, terrible in twenty twenty two. I'll tell you that much. Uh, all right, um, Boatman. Let's move on to you. Your least favorite log this week. I hate your comment. Yeah. What? I hate Joseph's comment that he just put. It's about it parts his hair too. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, as people watch the show now, I go through best original screen. I'm going through best original screenplay winners right now. Uh, this is not a bad movie purely, but this is a movie that would be a bad movie if it wasn't for its lead actor who gives a great comedic performance. I'm going with The Bachelor and The Bobby Soxer. Uh, this, is, this is a movie where, okay, so Cary Grant plays this bachelor who this judge has a sister. This female judge played by Myrna Loy has a sister. And the sister is played by Shirley Temple. And Shirley Temple is obsessed with Cary Grant's character in this movie to the point where she breaks into Cary Grant's house and the police show up and it looks like that Cary Grant had like a 15-year-old girl in his apartment. So anyway... The judge decides that the solution for this is to basically blackmail Cary Grant into dating her sister so that she then doesn't want to date him anymore. It makes no sense. It's weird. Thankfully, it's like 1947. So, like, like the, the one thing that is, like, the saving grace of this movie is that Cary Grant is selling it perfectly in that he is the most uncomfortable human being ever in this movie. He is like, he does not feel okay in this situation. He is like the one yelling at everyone else like, hey, no, this is a terrible idea. And it's Cary Grant. He's very funny. He's very charming. But that's the only good thing. Everything else is like creepy and I don't, it's just a very uncomfortable plot that, like, yes, it came out in 1947, but still, very creepy. How this one original screenplay makes no sense. Weird. It's weird, guys. It's weird. All right. Uh, no, thank you. I have not seen it. Don't plan to. Cody. Um, I have seen this. <laughs> Me and Butwin are doing similar the thing. Right now, I'm taking a pause for this fandom. Um, but, man, um, yeah, I've said this before. I think Cary Grant is one of the funniest actors that's ever existed. Like, I think he's, like, I wouldn't say, I don't want to compare the two, but he's very similar to, like, his facial expressions and body movements of his time, of, like, a Jim Carrey of, like, his time. I think he's so funny with what he's able to do. This movie is awkward and weird and should have no place been made. I just want to be in the pitch meeting for this. Uh-huh. Like, somebody's like, yeah, brilliant. Cut, print, you know, everything. I'm like, oh. And Cary Grant knows how awkward of a movie he is in, and that's the only reason I like 
I liked the movie as much as I did because of Cary Grant's scenes. Like, he realizes how uncomfortable this is making him, but he's in the movie. Uh, crazy. I don't suggest it for anybody. I don't think it holds anything special. Uh, I mean, I looked at my rating. I gave it three stars. I just really like Cary Grant in it, but overall, I think the movie's bad. The movie's bad. Honestly, talking about it, I feel like I need to lower my rating. <laughs> it's a movie that the more you think about it, the worse it gets, really, is the truth of it. Uh, Joseph, have you seen it? I have not, but the outlandish, crazy, and wild and far-fetched uh, story that Boatman and Cody are telling me make me think that it was voted as the winner for that year because it's so outlandish that it can only exist in the movies. Dumb movies. Uh, uh, no, I haven't seen this. I, I like Cary Grant and Myrna Loy, but I guess the only reason I'd watch it if is I if I'm going through the screenplay winners, but I, I don't plan to do it anymore. Pretty much the only context in which you should or would ever watch this. Um all right, we'll move on to mine. Um I did not watch a Robert Parker movie this week, so I do not I do not have any uh juicy stories for you this week about that. But what I do have is I, I rewatched a movie because I, I have a problem. Let me tell you guys about something. Um, so I decided that um, I, I, I collect Blu-rays, like I collect movies. It's like my thing. So like, and it's gotten to the point now where I'm not just buying movies because I like movies. I'm actually also just like buying movies because I'm collecting stuff that's like worth something to me in some sort of weird way. And uh <laughs> That involved me having to buy every uh, Exorcist film, uh, which means that uh, I had to suffer through Exorcist the beginning, uh, which I watched uh, in 2020 on DVD when one beautiful man named Brian Michaels sent me the DVD in the mail because I had never seen it and he wanted to get rid of it and he gave it to me. Very nice man. Uh, but then I went and spent 20 bucks and bought the Blu-ray. And uh, it's 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 so it's it's not good. It's very bad. I'm gonna watch Dominion later. It's arguably worse. Uh, it's it's arguably worse. And uh, this is just like everything wrong with what they have d- tried to do with Exorcist post the original. Uh, it's just amazing how the original is so perfect, and yet they just can't figure it out again like i watched three last week and three is pretty good but it's still not like it's a, like a three-star movie to me but this is just terrible there's hyenas uh there's stellan Skarsgård doing something it's boring it's two hours long and it's boring nothing happens it's just that that's the biggest sin you don't care about the characters there's no good performances it's like seriously awful but not in the way that I've talked about recently with like tank girl and um, all these other fucking movies that I've watched. Like this gets a one star rating because it's just incompetent in every sense of the imagination. It's not being goofy and crazy like the shadow or, or the spirit. It's just incompetent. And I can't say that about a ton of movies where they're just like, you have good actors, you have a, a decent director, you have a 
a franchise where you should be able to milk something good out of it. And instead we are sitting here watching a boring fucking movie. It's like unacceptable in this type of setting in this franchise. It's ridiculous. Uh, so, uh, Cody, I know you just watched the original pretty recently for the first time. So I doubt you've seen this, uh, but have you seen this? Um, I would say if you had to pick like a movie that changed how I look at film in the like last year or two, the exorcist, the first one was that movie. I've thought about it constantly since watching that movie. I think it's an absolute, I gave it four and a half, which I'm very mad at myself. It's a, it's a, but it gives me an excuse to watch it again. Um, I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's absolutely a masterpiece. Um, I just hate you in the regards where you started this by saying, I'm now buying movies that mean something to me, that are important to me. That's and not you, Oh, what'd you say? I'm buying stuff that matters to my collection in the sense that, like, oh. I want to have complete sets. Okay. Like well, that. okay. Well, that makes me even more upset because for you to believe that there's other movies besides the first one, that's just just we can just leave. You can tell yourself that there's only one and move on. Uh, but you know what? You you hate yourself from time to time. So you know the beginning and all that stuff. You do you. But sounds like a terrible time. And I, the beginning started with the first one. I would say so you don't need to watch the beginning. Yeah. Right. Uh, Bowman. Have not seen this. Probably don't plan to. Uh, Joseph. I have not seen this, but I know this movie as the one that helped Adam Collins get a clean sweep of the table at the Horror Free for All. So that's how I remember it. Fair. Matthew? Yeah, this movie's bad. Yeah. Uh, I pretty much agree with everything you say, except I, I do like Stalin's Cars Heart a little bit. Like he's, he's watchable at least, but the rest of the movie is really boring. It's gonna be two hours. Oh, and I think the I think the uh, Paul uh, Schrader cut is is longer. So I Paul. still haven't seen that one, but that's the only Exorcist movie I'm missing now. Wait, is this Paul? I knew Dominion was Paul Schrader. Is this also Paul Schrader? Well, Rennie Harlan. So oh. no, this is Rennie Harlan, but they're the same movie. So basically, <laughs> Paul Schrader was making a. A exorcist movie called it's called dominion yeah and he got taken off the project because the studio didn't like what he was doing they hired rennie harlan and rennie harlan came in and reshot like 60 percent of the movie there's a main character in this where it is a completely different actor so if you watch these side by side they're this and dominion they're basically the same movie but a few different actors, a couple different things. But when this bombed at the box office, they brought Schrader back in and he completed his film. And so now that's why there's both versions. So it's Exorcist at the beginning and then it's Dominion prequel to the Exorcist is what it's called. So Yeah, I did not know that those yeah. were the same yeah. movie. Yeah, they're basically... I didn't know either until... Uh, Tyler Butler actually told me about it because I was like, yeah, I haven't seen either of the prequels. He goes, well, you know, they're like the same thing. And I was like, what? And then when I watched them last year, I watched them back to back. So that's 
it's it's kind of interesting actually from that perspective but the movies are just it'd be better if the movies were good but they're not that's Um, why i haven't watched dominion yet because it they're basically the same movie so i didn't watch them back to back i wanted to wait a little bit then watch the same movie again but (laughs) yeah pretty much uh okay uh joseph yeah i said i haven't seen it oh no I, i meant we'll go to you for your least favorite oh okay so yeah uh a while ago, I uh, went on a binge watch of several Siskel and Ebert movie reviews, and there were a couple of movies that I that the way that they were that they were talking about it made me kind of interested in watching them. Uh, one of them I was able to watch catch up on this past week. I was like, oh yeah, that's the one movie that they were talking about on that movie. Roger Ebert liked it. Uh, Gene Siskel was like. Nah, not that great, but I the way that uh the way that they were talking about it made me kind of interested in watching it. I was not the biggest fan of it. Um the movie is called Class of 1984. Can you take a guess what year it was released? 1984. It was 1982. Oh. Oh. But, but anyway, this movie is about a teacher who wants to, um, uh, who's, who's taking up a position at a very wild and terribly run school. Think of Lean On Me. Uh, it's worse than Lean On. It's worse than the school in Lean On Me. This movie, uh, this movie uh, shows a lot of the punks, the main antagonists of the movie, um, doing a lot of bad stuff, but also getting away with it all, getting away with all of it because nobody catches them on time doing it. But they have the reputation that everyone assumes that they know that they're doing it, but they're letting them get away with it because they don't have any evidence or footage or even, uh, they, they basically don't catch them on time in doing the stuff. And when the teacher tries to uh well the, uh, in one incident that in one major incident that they do one of the terrible things that they do uh the teacher confronts one of them takes him into the bathroom and then sternly warns him you better watch out for yourself you need to stop this and then the student beats himself up for him to frame the teacher that that he beat him up uh, and then and then the teachers put on a warning because they take the word of the student over the teacher and the teacher says that he didn't beat him up but they're not going to believe him and the whole concept of that made me so mad about this movie I get how it's supposed to be satirical the movie is like a commentary about how messed up some aspects of the school system is <laughs> but I don't think that the way that the story ends is in any way satisfying compared to how how terrible some of the stuff that the, these punks got punk students do trying to get through them and then get the ending that we get. I don't think it's cathartic enough or worth seeing all these terrible stuff that they do in the movie to warrant the watch. So 
yeah, that that was my least favorite movie that I logged this past week. Uh, I will say there are a few elements of it that I think were all right. Roddy McDowell appears in this movie as one of the teachers in this movie, and he has an interesting uh, scene late, later in the movie. I hate his, I hate the last scene that he does in the in the movie. Uh, I think that uh, his character arc kind of goes to. Uh, well, I feel like they do him dirty at the very end, and then you get to see a chubby Michael J. Fox in this movie, Free Back to the Future, and that was kind of amazing to see. Um, but again, you gotta see some terrible things done and you don't get enough of a catharsis with the ending, or at least I didn't to warrant watching all of that terrible stuff that they do to uh, merit the recommendation. Yeah. I never heard of this, never seen it. Uh, but I did watch lean on me a couple of weeks ago. That shit was good. I enjoyed that very much. Thought that was very good. Uh, Cody, have you seen this? Nope. Um, doesn't look like something. It's short, but doesn't it look is. Like it is. Like uh, Boatman. Haven't even heard of this movie until now. And Matthew. Yeah, haven't heard of it. Okay. All right. Uh, Matthew, let's move on to you for your least favorite. Okay. So, uh, I made the dumb decision to watch a uh, streaming original horror movie on the other streaming original horror movie that came out this weekend. Uh, it was They Slash Them. And this, this movie is, uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a, it's a slasher. That's set in a conversion camp, and it's called They Slash Them. Like it feels like it should be have a lot of potential to be good, and it just uh, wasn't. Uh, I think the only positives I can really say about it is that it is really there's really good representation. Like everyone who is uh, either a non-binary or lesbian, like they are actually in real life. So I think I have to give them props for casting actual. Uh, queer actors uh and kevin bacon he's pretty solid like he he knows he's an actor it's like he knows how to act and he definitely uh outshines them but the the movie doesn't really know what it wants to be like there's some really tough scenes with uh like the conversion therapy stuff but then like then they were including these like sex scenes or you know like, like slasher stuff or the slashing also starts way too late um and then once the murders start happening it becomes very clear who the killer is and yeah i think this is also directed by john logan who is a screenwriter for uh, like skyfall and gladiator and oh. you wouldn't believe that from watching this like the screenplay is really bad really cringy um yeah it's it tries to have a message but it doesn't really work like yeah i i very disappointing yeah, I'd never even heard of this. Uh, doesn't sound like something I will watch if it's that bad. Um, but maybe one day. Who knows? Uh, Cody? Um, I think me and Mike just talked about this last night. Is it directed by Kevin Bacon? It's directed by John Logan. The John show. Logan, okay. Oh, I think maybe he has returned to Slashers. Like, he's, he was back for the movie or whatever. It just didn't. It wasn't great is what I've heard. So, it... The subject matter seems like, you know, 
it seems like it'd be interesting and sees where it could go. But yeah, probably yeah. With you clicked on it, I would never click on it. But since you didn't like it, there's no chance I'm ever clicking on it. So I appreciate it for you filming. <laughs> uh, Boatman, what about you? I have only vaguely heard of this movie. I remember there being a little bit of hype when the trailer dropped, and then now. And Joseph. I haven't seen it. All right. All right. Well, we are going to move on to the meat and potatoes of the show. We're going to talk about our uh, list, our best movies that we've watched for Multiplex. Cody, why don't you kick us off? Uh, so my first one is, it's kind of a cheat, but it does count, um, because many people told me to watch it prior to when I watched it, um, but um, I watched it for YLS. Um, sorry, both of mine are coming from YLS. It's I don't play trivia, so F the trivia players. Uh, here, uh, I'm going Dr. Sleep. Uh, I'm going for Dr. Sleep. Um, as somebody that loves The Shining, um, I've said this before, if you would have told me that I was going to get a Shining sequel, I would have said, no, thank you. Uh, there's no need. Um, and then there are days that when I think about this movie, I could possibly like it more than The Shining, which is impressive. I think I think I watched the three hour version. I don't know what version that was. I don't know if that's theatrical or director. Three hour was only two and a half. Okay, so I didn't feel the three hours. I enjoyed it. I honestly could have stayed in the world a little bit longer. Um, I think Rebecca Ferguson in this movie is absolutely incredible. I think she is like, like, I don't know if I just didn't see enough movies with her in it or prioritize her, but like, there's a scene in that movie when she like puts the hat on and like floats above the earth and like and lands on the street. It's like one of the coolest cinematic moments for me. You, I think you uh, and McGregor um, playing, you know, going back, playing that character and like uh, the entire world that they're able to build and go back and outside the overlook, which I thought was also going to be a feat that I wouldn't want like a lot. Like, I just think that's was maybe a bad decision, but honestly it wasn't. It worked out perfectly. I think, Coho and uh, Tim and everybody was telling me, Cody, watch this movie, watch this movie. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, I'll get to it. And I wish I would have went to it sooner. I think the movie is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I can't wait for the next time I watch it. I, it's It's been on my rewatch list for a while, but it's so good. Uh, Cameron Holtzman brought it, gave it to me, by the way. That's the reason oh. I watched it. Yeah, no, Dr. Sleep rules. Um, they... Like the stuff in the Overlook is my favorite stuff in the movie. I think like the way once we get to the Overlook, the movie just looks different because it looks like The Shining, whereas the rest of the movie doesn't really look like The Shining, which isn't a problem, but it doesn't. Um, I I really like uh, Rebecca Ferguson. I think she's great. I think that they like and kind of the way the true knot works is like really fascinating. And I like all that. You McGregor's really good. Yeah, no, really solid. Uh, one of the better Stephen King movies. I also believe I did watch this for multiplex for when I played Adam Collins. Um, but I don't, this wasn't one of my picks, but it's a, it's a great choice. Uh, Joseph. 
I did not watch this for multiplex, but I did watch it in the theaters for this movie. I, I don't know where I was going to, but I, yeah, I didn't see this for multiplex, but I do really like this movie. This uh, movie has one of my favorite, uh, favorite, one of my favorite scenes involving a bunch of drawers. I'll put it that way. That scene is so satisfying to me. Uh, it went down a little bit on rewatch, um, but I think that for a two and a half hour long movie, that's the only version I've seen. I think it goes by really well, and I like the creepy atmosphere that it builds as the as the movie progresses. Uh, Matthew, what about you? Yeah, this movie is great. Uh, it's a really rare to see a sequel um, to just such a classic film and. Uh, still be good so i i think dr sleep does it really well i haven't seen it since theaters but i've been wanting to watch the director's cut uh, i'm with matthew i actually haven't seen the director's cut i own it but i've only, i watched it once in the theater really loved it and then once on blu-ray and so i gotta watch the director's cut but um yeah i'm a fan of the theatrical big time i would go as far as to say i like it more than the shining so uh okay uh, Boatman, let's go to you. Your favorite or your first pick? Sorry. Yeah, my first pick. Uh, I'm basically I just personally kind of split it up into a movie I watched for trivia purposes, and then a movie I watched for one of the other shows. Uh, so my first one is a movie I watched for trivia purposes, uh, and uh, I once uh, when I was going to play Michael Campbell, I was like, hey. Or I didn't know that I was going to play Michael Campbell, but when uh, I was, knew I was going to be playing the winner of the 2020 tournament way back then, uh, I was like, hey, what's a category that I could just slap on people that no one would expect from me? And I went with Spike Lee, and I ran through all of Spike Lee's filmography. And one of my favorites of those, and my favorite first-time watch of those, was Crooklyn. Crooklyn uh, is a movie that I had never heard anyone talk about before I watched it. Like, I had never heard anything positive or negative about Crooklyn. Crooklyn is, from what I understand, Spike Lee's most, like, autobiographical movie. He co-wrote it with his sister. And it is basically, it is just about this family living in 1970s-era Brooklyn and it kind of just centers around them. You got Delroy Lindo and Alfred Woodard as uh, the mom and dad. They are both fantastic. Uh, they're both really good. You got the kids. There's a lot. It's it's very much a hangout movie. It just kind of is about this neighborhood in Brooklyn and just kind of the things. And then the movie kind of starts to get a little bit more serious. And it's still really good. It's fantastic. The soundtrack rips the soundtrack goes like so hard. It's like one of the greatest like 1970s soundtracks of all time. It's just, it is fantastic. It's like, it looks very colorful. It's one of my favorite Spike Lee movies. What? Uh, Joseph. I have not seen it. Okay. Matthew. What? I haven't seen it. Uh, I have not seen it either. Cody. This is such a cheat. What you watch for Multiplex, he got to watch it himself. Do I get to pick the Wolf of Wall Street next because I picked it as a strength? I thought this was what had to give us stuff. 
you watched for trivia, you could pick a movie that you what? watched yourself. Yeah, I, again, I know. I just think, I think it's a, I think it's a cheap shot. That's just wait. What I are you upset about? I'm confused. He picked it as a strength for himself, so he oh. got to choose the movie to watch. No one else picked, gave I him to watch. That's, that's my yeah, yeah. No, I, he watched it for. Had you seen it before? Did you? No, I had never seen it. That's before. my whole my the way that I picked my stuff is. I, it had to be the first time I watched it for yeah. something on here. Yeah, it was the first time I watched it. Yeah. I still, I still, I still, have and I wouldn't have watched no, it I have not. had I not decided to use it as a category. Cheap. I'm not, but it's fair. All right. You allowed it for so that's your fault. Uh, I'm going to go next. Uh, and I, I, I might piss off Cody. I don't know, but uh, I, I, I haven't done a ton of uh, war zone studying in my life and the times that I have, it's usually movies I don't like. Uh, but believe it or not, I had not seen every fandom movie before I started playing. I was very high on it, but there were, I believe in 2020 when I watched everything that I hadn't seen before, there were like 25, like 30 movies I had never seen. So, um, and by far my favorite out of all of those uh, was a history of violence um because again there are movies that have come out since being in fandom that i i like more than this movie like avengers endgame joker toy story 4 uh there are movies that i like more than this one but if it's a movie that's older that i watched for the first time because of this uh because of trivia it's this one um and i i just think the movie's fantastic i haven't seen a ton of cronenberg um, but this one, I, I am a huge, huge fan of, I've talked about it on this show before I've talked about it on a lot of shows. I just think it's fantastic from beginning to end. I think Vigo Mortensen is, is really, really good. Uh, William Hurt rest in peace, uh, I think is fantastic at the end. I don't know if I'd give him the Oscar nomination for his one scene wonder, but I think he's really, 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 really good. Um, and uh, it's always Ed Harris, as Cody says. Uh, he's he's awesome in this movie. Um, but I just love the whole, like, this movie's 95 minutes. And it does such a good job at making you care about the characters in 95 minutes. It's ridiculous. I just think it's excellent. I remember the first time I watched it was actually in 2019. And... Um, I because I found it on Blu-ray, like a used Blu-ray at a Blu-ray store, and I got it for like $3.99. And I went home and I did a double feature of this and Road to Perdition. And it was like the best night of my life. Uh it was it was in a fantastic evening. But this, I just I'm emotionally moved by this one every single time. I don't know why, but I just am, and I think it's great. Uh so yeah, big fan. Cody, uh, your thoughts on history of violence. Uh, just to let you know, this one does count because um, it was in the realm that you had to play in, uh, not that you were going to drop on somebody. Anyways, um, uh, History of Violence, uh, great movie. One of the first times I watched it because I had to watch play fandom. Um, it was on my short list. Um, only one scene in this movie I really don't like. I think it's everybody's least favorite part of this movie. But other than that, um, it's just so uncomfortable. But um, overall, the movie is great. I think the action in it that's actually is really good. Isn't this the one William Hurt got? Is this he got one? nominated. No, for 
Yeah. Yeah. We're still weird. Still the one of the weirdest things I've ever, like, I don't understand it, but, um, but yeah, the action Ed Harris I, is one of the best villains of all time in anything. I think he's absolutely great. He needs to be in the MCU as some villain. Like, I don't know why we haven't had that happen yet, but, um, yeah, overall great, great choice. Yeah, it's overall great choice. Also, uh, that isn't it the foot? Like, isn't that where the stab goes? Is it, is oh, he stabbed stabbed the foot? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, still, that's one. We've asked that question, so I feel okay saying it. Um, yeah. yeah, one of one of my favorite reviews for this on Letterboxd uh, is Jack Pinchuk, in which before he gives it a five star and then says that he. Uh, actually has it at a 9.7 out of 10. So Jack, I hate to break it to you, but that that that's not a full 100% five stars then. So you got to fix your rating system. I love, I wish you went back to the nine point stuff because I just need to know what is higher than what, you know? Yeah, like what would have gotten it to the 9.8? Yeah. Like, I want to know, yeah. Uh, Boatman, A History of Violence, what's your take? Yeah, no, uh, History of Violence, uh, I think I've only seen it the one time. Uh, I think it's really good. It's not quite... It's a movie that I feel like could be like an all-timer for me. It isn't. Um, but it's really good. I, I do really like William Hurt in it. Uh, I think Ed Harris is really good in it, too. And I just... I really like the idea of this guy who has mob ties, who isn't trying to do anything and just trying to, like, live his life. And the seeds just kind of start seeping back in, and he's just trying his best to keep it out. And I think that's really fascinating. I honestly think the worst stuff about it, though, is, like, his home life stuff. Like, Maria Bello is really good, but I just think they could have made that stuff more interesting. I I don't know. That's, like, the one weak link of the movie for me. That's fair. Uh, Joseph? Yeah, this movie, uh, one thing that really impressed me about it, one of the many things that impressed me about it is that the violence is ugly. The violence in this movie hit, it hit me because the movie shows that it's not easy at all for uh, Tom, uh, Dio Mortensen's character, to try to move on from that. Like... He does his best, and as a character, as a character, I think that's a very interesting uh, look at it. But it's downright scary how quick, if the moment calls for it, he can just turn into a super violent, self-defense type of assassin machine guy. And I love seeing how that totally affects the the how, affects himself. But also changes the perception of the from different people around him, including his family. And uh, that ending was not what I expected, but I liked it. Uh, Matthew, Uh, this is a fandom movie that I haven't gotten to yet because Jack gave it a nine point seven, so I just trust him uh, if we ever get it in teams. But yeah, I, I I do really like Cronenberg. I've seen six of his movies and I've enjoyed all of them. So. I just got to get to this. Cool. All right. Uh, Joseph, let's go over to you. What is your first pick? Okay. So um, I I was previously on the YLS episode of Best Films Watched for Trivia. You could go over there and check out some other stuff that I've seen there. So 
there are a couple of movies that I watched. There, there are a couple of movies on that list that I watched for multiplex. Um, but for the sake of variety, I would like to talk about two new ones that I yeah. uh, have seen. I've actually, two, there are actually two new ones that I've seen since the YLS episode because I had, because I watched these movies for matches that I played in Warzone earlier this year. Uh, the first one that I wanted to talk about was a movie that I watched for Bullets Over Broadway versus Wild Stallions. Uh, Kirk and Andrew gave us Martin Scorsese directed movies. And Hell movies yeah. With... What? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Are talking about I a went... Scorsese movie? Sorry? Are we talking about a Scorsese movie? Uh, not this time. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> you got it. Uh, can't do that. You can't get his hopes up. There were a uh, there were a, there were a number of Scorsese movies I saw for the first time that I really liked. The Reese Witherspoon category, not so much. Andrew gave us quite a bit of stinkers in that category, except for one. There was one movie that I really, really dug from the Reese Witherspoon category, and that's Mud. Mm. Mud with Matthew McConaughey. I think this movie. I love the characters in this movie and the story. What? Not not about nothing to do with the com. There was a comment that confused me until I realized what they were trying to say. Oh, okay. right, go ahead, Joseph. Yeah, I love the characters in this movie and the way that they're written. Uh, Ty Sheridan's character is. I like. I like the journey and the character arc that he goes through. Like he. He's trying to help out Matthew McConaughey's character uh, reunite with Reese Witherspoon's character because he believes in their in their love and in their story. And there are some secrets that McConaughey's character is hiding. He's running from the law. And I like how the story unfolds and you see more secrets that he has. And it's just a huge wake-up call for Ty Sheridan's character in terms of what to expect from out of life that you can't life isn't that i life isn't that simple and it isn't a an easy fantasy to live out life presents you some hard uh hard things to learn from and i thought that was a very interesting aspect of it that uh, made me enjoy it a lot i love the atmosphere a lot the cinematography is really great i think that it has a good balance of being kind of grimy but also grounded it's not like a michael bay type super dirty bright thing that it annoys annoys me with some of his movies but this feels like a realistically grounded movie but also a very uh well told simple movie with with a, with a good amount of depth to it i liked it a lot i Definitely really really love this movie it's on my watch list haven't seen it yet cool um yeah i saw this when it came out and I really liked it. Um, I wish I liked more of Jeff Nichols' movies. Um, I didn't really care for Loving, and I was pretty disappointed by Midnight Special. Um, I just didn't. I've not seen those two yet. Uh, those are the ones that I've seen, um, and so they, I, there are parts about each of them that I like. But I think this is my favorite of the three. I think this is really, really good. McConaughey is stupid good in this movie. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a great movie. I need to give it a rewatch because I haven't seen it since I saw it 
I think I saw it in the theater. If I didn't, I watched it at home, like right after it came out. So, uh, big fan. Need to give it a rewatch. Good pick, uh, Cody. Also, real quickly, sorry, real quickly. I love the climax. Really exciting. Yeah. Uh, Cody, have you seen it? Yeah, I also watched this for YLS um, top 100 uh, acting performances. Uh, Barr had this as 100 with Matthew McConaughey. Um, I thought, I honestly think Ty Sheridan is the best person in this movie. I think he's actually great, like incredible in this role. Uh, Mud was a movie I probably would not have watched. Like, I, again, McConaughey is one of those actors that I really enjoy in his later like resurgence from rom-coms from like Lincoln lawyer mud, uh, what he's been doing. I think it's just, I thought this movie was great. I think it will go up on a rewatch too. I just loved everything about the story and like how complex it was. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's great. It's a great choice. Um, and only one of the only good things bar ever did because he also gave me 1776 that weekend. That was bad. That's fun. Uh, but he also picked like the worst performance from 1776. It was weird. Bowman, I have not seen this actually. I really want to. All right, uh, Matthew, we're gonna move on to you for your first pick. Okay, my first pick is uh, when Squirtle Squad we played Con of the Dead and they gave us Tim Burton. So I only had two movies to finish out, so I watched Mrs. Peregrine's and then I watched Ed Wood, and Ed Wood is, is my pick. Go ahead, talk about it. Uh, yeah, this one, I just, I really love the passion that Tim Burton has, like the love he has for Ed Wood. And you can tell that he he wants to tell the story with a lot of care. Uh, it, it really made a very compelling story for one of the worst directors of all time. So uh, Johnny Depp, I think he, he brings a lot of life to Ed Wood. You really see how passionate he is to creating all of his movies. I think uh, Martin Landau is incredible as Bella Lugosi, and just they have a really beautiful relationship with Lugosi, between Lugosi and Wood. Uh, I think really great side characters as well. There's just the supporting cast is excellent, uh, and I think there's just this charm too, seeing these misfits uh, throughout the movie. And yeah, it's I really love it. Um, I have not seen this. I really want to. I've been told that I would love it. Um, I'm hit or miss on Burton, um, but I, I do really want to watch this one, but just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, Coat, I know you uh, have feelings. Yeah, a story about a shitty director told by a shitty director. Um, that's basically how I feel. This movie, Tim Burton is awful. I, I Again, I wish I could understand what other people saw in his... Um, I guess me and Bowman kind of finally discovered why I don't like certain directors. I don't like quirky directors. I don't like artistic, like artsy directors over substance. Um, Wes Anderson, uh, Tim Burton. I bet there's more out there. I do too that really come to mind. They they really care about the stylistic of their like uh, sets and design, what they do versus the movie the movie they're telling. I think Martin there. Cohen's hit and miss, so that makes a little bit more sense. When they're more simple and downright, I like them more than when they're uh, out there. Um, I think Martin Landau is great. I think he absolutely is. I think Johnny Depp's really bad in the movie overall. I don't think the movie's great, but overall, he's playing a really bad, like annoying guy. If I'm being real, like uh, 
I just I'm I was blown away. Everybody told me I like it. All the reviews say it's really good. It was never going to click for me, but it's because Burton's a hack. So, so. Uh, Bowman. I mean, yeah, this is a movie that Cody was never going to like because I I think he was just never going to vibe with this main character, right? The, I love the way Ed Wood is portrayed in this movie because I love the idea of a guy who is just so passionate and really nice and just really positive about something that he is terrible at. Like, he's awful and he has no self-awareness whatsoever, but he's not a bad person. Like, that's what I, like, that's the difference between, like, this and the disaster artist, right? The disaster artist, you hate Tommy Wiseau. Like, you're laughing at him, but, like, you, you're really annoyed with Tommy Wiseau. Ed Wood, you like Ed Wood as a person. It's just that ultimately his he's a terrible filmmaker and shouldn't be in that position. It's kind of a similar thing to like Michael Scott in the office, right? Michael Scott is a great person, a good person, but he should not be in the position that he is in. That is why I'm bringing up Michael Scott. I'm not saying that the characters are of any balance of quality. Before Cody says something, yeah, I feel like I don't. Why this is not why I list. I don't know why. It's I'm not Michael. Saying. It's not Michael Scott. I have a I have a follow up. I just have a question. That's okay. all I'm saying. All I was gonna say was, I I just think that you should never, under any circumstance, at any Ooh. time, to do anyone, any, do anyone. anything, ever. For any reason at all, <laughs> to anybody, for any reason whatsoever. No, I'm sorry. Uh, There's a person watching who was very happy about that. I'll just say. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say, Cody? My thing is, he just said that that Edward is like a likable, but that dude does scummy, awful things throughout the entire movie. He lies to different people. He gives Bella Lugosi's last scene or whatever is this chumped together edited mess to lie to the people to make it. He steals money to get things done. He's a slime ball. He gets his produce, movie produced by something because of it's it's he's a scumball the entire movie. So sorry. Yep. You betcha. Okay, uh, Joseph, your take on Edward. Yeah, I like this movie. I enjoy it. Um, feels a little bit long for me at times, but I think that it's a very interesting portrayal of uh, Hollywood filmmaking from the perspective of a terrible filmmaker. Uh, one, I have a friend who is uh, very fascinated with Plan 9 from Outer Space. He's uh, It's a movie that he rec highly recommends as a movie to watch just for the experience of seeing how many decisions that Edward did made it to the final cut. I love reading also about how in uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, uh, one of the detective characters, uh, the actor playing a detective character, I forget his name, but he waves his gun around and even at times nonchalantly points it at himself or, or other places where he shouldn't be pointing the gun at in the context of the movie. And apparently this actor said in an interview that he did that trying to get Ed Wood's attention to see if he would notice 
and redo the scene, and he didn't. Edward didn't know that it, it slipped through the editing, and you can see him pointing at different things that he shouldn't be pointing at as as a character in the movie. Uh, but uh, I like the I like the choice of using black and white. I think that it helps stay. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I like the stylistic choice of that. Uh, also, uh, uh, for people who are doing trivia on Tim Burton, uh, this was the first movie he did not have composed by Danny Elfman. Howard Shore composed it. And I think that's a very interesting touch also. I think that, uh, yeah, I like, the, I like the score aspect of it. I think it enhances some of the thematic elements of the movie. I don't think I can... I don't think... Most of the time, I think that the score at least enhances somewhat the thematic elements of the movie for me in, in a Tim Burton movie. Cool. All right. Uh, Cody, we're back up to you if you are available. Yep. Um, so I was mistaken. The first one was by Kirk from YLS. The second one is also by Kirk for YLS. Um, and I'm going with a movie called Blue Collar. Um, Blue Collar is a movie that I didn't, I thought it was going to be like a Kirk movie, you know, like, oh, it's really good, but it's like boring as shit. Like, if, I love the guy, but we, sometimes he has some boring ass takes. Um, uh, but this is the direct opposite. I think, um, that's on right, Cody. What? 1978. That sounds right. Paul Schrader. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Schrader's movie. Um, I think um, I may get somebody wrong, but it's Harvey Keitel and Richard Pryor in the movie as the like two. And there's one I can't think of the other guy. Yeah, and basically they work a blue collar job, and they go through the struggles of working a blue collar job, like thankless, just no. They're kind. Of, it's been a little bit. I think they're trying to unionize, basically get the group together to unionize against the corporations because they're taken advantage of. They're not treated properly. Um, it's I. The more I watch, and I've said this numerous times on calls, so I think I'm comfortable with saying I think the '70s is the best decade for movies. If I had to be real honest with my, like maybe the 2020s, like well, there's stuff coming out all the time. But when I look at like what they're able to accomplish in the '70s, there are some grit in these movies that just don't get told anymore. And this is like one that I think would have that no one really talked about. Because I never heard of it until Kirk brought it up. Um, but you see Richard Pryor in a performance that if you know anything about Richard Pryor, he's a very comedic guy. But this is pretty he's, – he's doing like a dramatic performance of this movie. He's super, super good. Harvey Keitel basically like trying to keep him in line. There's a tragic thing that happens at the end that like really wrecks the – Hurt you in the movie. I think it's. I think it's a brilliant movie. I don't want to say too much because it's a simple plot, but it has so much going on in it that I suggest anybody watch it. I think it's great. Um, Paul's a big fan of it too. I think I recommended Boatman too. Um, there's just. I think it's just. I think it's an easy to watch movie, like subject matter, but it's a very powerful like drama. And I don't think it's too long. I think it's under two hours, but um, I may be wrong on that time. But yeah. Bowman. Yeah, no, this is great. Uh, just to kind of correct Cody a little bit. So you're technically correct, but the, they have unionized. It's just that, like, 
the union has kind of been screwing them over a little bit, and the union's kind of been working with the... Company. Yeah, they signed up for a union, but no one's doing anything to help them on those lines. Basically, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but yeah, and then it kind of turns into like a heist movie a little bit, and it's it's fantastic. Richard Pryor, man. I This is one of the... There are performances from certain actors that make me mad, because it... It's like their one fantastic performance, and I get so mad because I just feel like you could have been doing this the whole time. Like, I get very upset that we never get another performance from Richard Choir, which Richard Pryor of this quality. Like, he's fantastic in this. And maybe I know that, like, JoJo Dancer is like kind of an auto, semi autobiographical movie that he is in. And maybe that is like a really good performance. I have no idea about that movie. So that could be like a dog turd. But regardless, I want more performance from him. And man, Yafet Kodo is one of those guys who we did not appreciate while we had him. That's just the simple fact of the matter. I've like been discovering Yafet Kodo really ever since he like died. And... I've just been blown away by how good he is and like everything he's in. I really like Yafet Kodo. Uh, Joseph. I have not seen it, but I've heard good things about it, including right now. Matthew, what about you? Uh, no, I haven't seen it as well. I've been meaning to watch more Posh Raider because uh, I really like First Reformed, but haven't got to it. Um. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Paul Schrader's newer stuff, like First Reformed, Card Counter, uh, Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist. Uh, but I haven't seen uh, much of anything else. Uh, I know of Paul Schrader because when First Reformed came out, Tyler went, you going to go see First Reformed? And I said, I don't know. Is it a movie? Well, I, I'll probably go see it. And he goes, dude, that guy wrote Taxi Driver. And I went, what? And then I watched it. So uh yeah i'm a fan i i'm sure i would like this you put harvey Keitel in something i'm probably gonna dig it the dude's just a blessing to us all uh you remember him in national treasure cody you remember him in that would he would that I, i'm sorry boatman do you have something you want to say with your eyes about harvey Keitel and national that treasure? was not that was a reference <laughs> another thing that I'll tell you after the call. It was, Sounds good. There was someone yeah, who when he takes his glasses off. I hope Chance Ellison does. There was someone who famously didn't remember that Harvey Keitel was in National Treasure. Uh, I just like when he takes off his glasses and looks at Benjamin Gates with like that squinted look. Like Harvey Keitel, brilliant man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. Boatman, what's your next pick? Uh, yeah, this is one I did watch for a while, uh, specifically for the top 40 animated wireless that I hosted. Uh, this is uh, the only movie that I watched for Multiplex that when I watched it, I think this is actually the only movie in, that I watched specifically for Multiplex that is in my top 100. And that's Your Name. Your name, which like three different people have, so I don't know exactly who to credit, but the people who are on there, it was one of them. Uh, Your name is a fantastic movie. Uh, like it's it's a sort of a it's uh, a kind of a body switching movie of you have two people um, who have you know like a teenage boy and a teenage girl 
who find that like every other day they're switching bodies and it's really fascinating. Uh, and the way a romance kind of blossoms between the two of them, despite the fact that they never actually meet each other is like really fascinating or rarely actually meet each other besides like dream interactions. And I think it's like really fascinating. Um, the music is really good. The music's great. The movie like has just a lot of charming moments. And then like, I can't, but like the last third act is so good. It's so good. And then just one of my favorite endings to a movie ever. I love the way this movie ends so much. Your Name is one of those movies that like, I'm mad I put it off watching it as long as I did because it's fantastic. Uh, Joseph. Yes, I watched this last year, not for Multiplex, but for the FPTL Watch Challenge last year. This movie's animation is amazing. Not, I don't think it can be stressed enough about how beautiful this movie is. I think it's... Um, uh, well, there, I don't know if there's much I, much else I can say that Bowman hasn't said, but the animation alone just gets me... Uh, it, it, the animation alone impresses me a lot. And the emotional beats that that ending has are very, very satisfying. Very intense the first time I see it. But the second time when I rewatched it, I was like, it's it, it, it's more moving when I, when I rewatch it. It's amazing. Uh, Matthew. Uh, yeah, this, I love this movie. I, I watched this back in 2018, knowing nothing about it i didn't even know it was a body swap movie so when you start watching it like you kind of don't know what's going on as well you're a little confused along with the characters and then uh once you find out it's just like it's just such a beautiful story and the romance is beautiful gorgeous animation uh rad wimps score and soundtrack is amazing i have nothing else to say that boatman and joseph have already yeah, I still haven't seen this one. I remember Boatman. When was that? Was that the end of 2020 or like beginning 21 that you did that top 40? Oh, that was just last year. That was just like end of 21. End of 21, really? Unless, unless time has just mushed together. And it was I, I remember when that was happening, and I remember you falling in love with this movie. And I, I could. It was it was 2021 because 2020 was the comic book movie scenes. It was oh, maybe yeah. not end of 2021, but it was like probably like mid, like August. I think I think it was around this time. Like 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 Coco's here. Like I look. I can find when I I watched this on September 12th, 2021. Okay, so. So yeah. Um, but I remember you raving about it then. Like we were on call one night, and you told me about it, and I remember watching the show and hearing you gush about it. Um, I remember when this came out, but it like didn't play anywhere near me. Um, and then I kept seeing the Blu-ray pop up at uh, Best Buy and stuff. And I just, I've never really, I just, I, I don't watch foreign films a lot. I'm sorry. I know that like, it's good. And I know that if I watch it, I'll probably like it. And I know this isn't a Ghibli movie, but the Ghibli movies I have seen, I haven't really liked. So like, I don't go to anime a lot, but like, I will watch this. I will get there um because i've heard only good things the only people i've seen rate this lower i don't know enough about their movie tastes to like for it to stray me away so uh yeah i will get there eventually 
but probably not anytime soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, Cody, uh, I know you like this, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, one, I don't remember when I loved Batman 89, but I also loved Space Jam at one point in my life. So like things, times change. Um, anyways, uh, <clears throat> this movie's incredible. Uh, this movie I pushed off for a really long time. I don't like that anime style of animation. I just don't. It's not my cup of tea. Um, but this movie makes it, this movie works really well for me. Um, I'm an uncultured swine. So I did watch the dubbed version of this movie. I, I, and I really, I really enjoyed it. I think it's absolutely, um, okay. Um, but I, um, I, I think this is absolutely incredible. I, I, it's one that could possibly be my top 100. I will need to watch it again, but I think it's, I think it's, I think it's absolutely great. Hey, uh, Tim, just a quick question. What, uh, those movies, the, the, the Ghibli movies that you say that you've seen, did you watch them dubbed or subtitled? Subtitled if I watched it by myself, dubbed if I watched it with my wife. So, okay. uh, the ones that I watched with her were Howl's Moving Castle and When Marnie Was There. Otherwise, I watched like uh, Spirited Away, Pompoco, um, that one with the fucking uh, the little the the um, Secret, Secret World, Secret World, World of Arietti. Um, I all, all these fucking movies I watched for that matter. <laughs> one, so I'm okay. Uh, the Lady of the Garbage. Lady of the Garbage. What is it? Yeah. Um, the honestly, the one that I liked the most was only yesterday. I thought that was really good. Um, I because it was a mo- it was a drama, and I just I just was able to watch. It. I, was I, like, I just think Ghibli movies stay around way too long. Everyone is like, "Howl's Moving Castle is a masterpiece," and I was bored out of my fucking skull. It's like two hours and ten minutes of just a fireplace talking. And then some lady of waste. But it's and- the voice of Mike Wazowski. Yeah, it's Billy Crystal. That's true. No one cares. Uh, no, I, I just I don't have a good time with those movies. But that's whatever. The one with the raccoons and their balls was was a rough. You time can blame before. Brooklyn. I've said this before. You can blame Brooklyn because he's the reason that when Phantom announces if they ever announce new categories, Studio Ghibli will not be one of them because of that that day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But you're not in fandom anymore, so you don't have to worry about it. They have to watch it to write it. Oh, we got. You can make other people watch it to write questions. That is a two-man. That is a two-man job. It's just me and Nick, buddy. We and we ain't watching. What are Nick's thoughts on it then? I don't Mm. think he'd have a nice time. (laughs) (laughs) Nick's Nick's opposite than that. Um, All right, I will say though. Real quickly, I will say though, I also was very underwhelmed by Howl's Moving Castle, and I love a couple of Studio Ghibli movies. That movie, Howl's Moving Castle, has a couple of tones that I don't think it meshes well, especially at the end. But so I can, I don't, I don't blame you on that. That's fair. All right, uh, we're gonna move on to my next one. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I talked about my trivia one. I'm gonna talk about Logged It because when I the one time I I think I've only hosted YLS once, but. Uh, the one time that I hosted it, it was a fandom topic. I had seen all of those movies. I didn't have to watch anything for it. Um, but actually, that's not true. I watched one movie uh, for that episode, and it was The Shaggy Dog. And uh, that, that that's not going to show up on this list, though. Uh, so I'm going to go with the movie I watched for Logged It, which was one of the movies of the month. 
It was last October's pick, which was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. This is my favorite of the movies that I had never seen before that we've picked for the movie of the month. So I have a few movies over this, um, like uh, Soul, Kubo, and Catch Me If You Can. But as far as a first-time watch, this was my favorite. Um, I only watched it once, but it has stuck with me all year. It's coming up on a year. And I think I'm going to make Maggie watch it this Halloween um, because I just think it's really spectacular. Like, I gushed about it last year, but I thought this was just incredible from beginning to end. I'm a big fan of it. Um, The ending really, really got me. Um, in a way that not many horror films have done or science fiction films have done. Um, and it's, I talked about it then and I don't want to spoil it, even though we, we did back in October. Um, but I, I, I'm going to leave it vague now if you haven't seen it guys. Um, but there's like a thing with the ending that's basically like a meme at this point, but I had no idea it was from this movie and that that was going to happen. And so when it happened, it really affected me. It's one of those movies where like the whole time you're like, man, they can get out of this. Like good will prevail. The heroes will win. And then you just slowly are starting to realize like, oh, fuck. Like there's there's no way out. Like the whole time you just get more and more. And then the ending happens. And I just remember it ended and I like was speechless like had had nothing to say like i just think the movie is really really incredible i gave it a four star at the time but um if i rewatch it this year it 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 could go up i thought it was really really incredible and fucking leonard nimoy is a badass uh he's he's great in this i think this might be other than him voicing that fucking robot in dark of the moon uh, this might be one of the only things I've seen him in other than Star Trek. Uh, and I, I really, really loved the movie uh, from beginning to end. I think it's great. Uh, Cody, did you watch this last year for this or have you seen it? No, I wasn't on. I wasn't on, uh, I don't think, that month. So I didn't get a chance to watch it. I know how much everybody loved it. I just didn't get around to watching it. I'll probably watch it this October, too. Cool. Yeah, uh, I'll keep it brief because I already talked about it on the show, but like, yeah, this is like, what if you did like a 70s paranoia thriller, but as a sci-fi horror movie? And I think that's brilliant. Love it. Uh, Joseph? I have not seen this movie, but I do really like the original version. I think that movie is very tight and very uh, also uh, paranoid-filled if you have a chance to watch it, it's pretty short. So it's under 80 minutes, if I recall correctly. I'd recommend checking that movie out as well. I might have to watch both of them. Uh, Matthew. Uh, I haven't seen this or the 50s version, but I, they're on my watch list. Cool. All right. Uh, let's move over to Joseph for your second pick. Okay. So uh, this last, uh, well, one movie that impressed me a lot when I watched it was a movie that I watched for uh, Wild Stallions' very last match. Uh, it was against, it was for us versus Kumite, and uh, Kumite gave us neon films. 
Um, I had heard good things about Itania. I did not expect it to be floored by <laughs> Itania 2017. This movie. Um, that your, that's your pick? Yes, yes, Itania. This movie uh, has is, is about Tanya Harding. And this movie's, uh, well, this I, I like to think of it as a, a movie that uh, I think it would be a good uh, double feature with Raging Bull as in terms of two people who, uh, two real life athletes who uh, are really great at the sport that they do, but also have some severe, severe family issues that uh, sometimes they cause it themselves. Other times they're just given a bad hand. And Margot Robbie in this movie, I think is really, really great. And I think that for a movie that deals with such dark subject matter at times in terms of uh, her, in, in terms of uh, Harding's upbringing, I feel like some of the earlier scenes in her childhood are kind of rough, but I think that the editing presented itself in a way that uh, gave it at least some very stark energy and also very intense, uh, very intense scenes that build up to that infamous incident with that got her out of that, that got her out of skating. That ending also is like brutal. And uh, the, the, the movie just floored me with how the movie was with the movie's energy, with the movie's dark subject matter, but also phenomenal acting, I think from the cast involved. And uh, yeah, this was my, this is my, this is going to be my second pick. All right. Matthew, have you seen this? Uh, it, I've seen this, but it's been a while, so uh, I don't really have a lot to say about it. I just remember really great performances. Yeah, um, I talk about this uh, in the same context every single time because uh, it, the three movies, every time I talk about any of these three movies, I did a triple feature. It was The Florida Project, uh, then Call Me By Your Name, and then I, Tanya. And unfortunately, I, Tanya, and the Florida Project have suffered at the hands of Call Me By Your Name ever since because uh, Call Me By Your Name was sandwiched in the middle, and that's my favorite movie of 2017. And so I just, like, I I always think about that one. I couldn't get focused to really, I think, appreciate I, Tanya. I liked it, um, and I actually own the Blu-ray, but I've never watched the Blu-ray. So I, I will watch it again one day um, because I do like Margot Robbie in the movie. And I like uh, uh, friggin' Allison Janney, Sebastian Stan. Allison Janney, thank you. Um, I thought she was great, obviously deserving of uh, winning her Oscar. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to watch it again. Um, who directed this? Frank Gillespie. Uh, oh, oh. The guy who did Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah. Well, didn't he just do fucking... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'll get to it eventually. But it had the unfortunate uh, circumstance of just being followed by a movie I really love. So. Oh, uh, and another thing. One uh, uh, other aspect that I really love about this movie is Paul Walter, ha Paul Walter Hauser's character. Great. I love how... Uh, the movie presents himself as like this really in over his head type of guy. And then you see the real life footage of him and it's crazy. And it makes this performance all the more, all the better for me in hindsight. 
Cody. Just this is the weird thing about me and Tim. Like we we agree on so much, but then Call Me by Your Name, and he mentioned two movies that I would rank higher than Call Me by Your Name by like a large margin. Um, it's a Terrence Malick in you. Anyways, I think this movie has a lot of great performances. I don't love the overall movie itself um, because like I've been like immersed in sports my entire life i know about tanya Hardy. i know about the entire story behind it i know that stuff so going into it it was nothing new it's kind of just whininess really i know she deals with a lot with her mom but like the whole i still think it's like one of the worst suspensions in sports history like you're never allowed to skate ever ever again like like that's a rough punishment um when you're a professional athlete but like you're never allowed to do this you're crazy um Am I breaking up? I feel like no. I'm breaking up. Um, um, but a lot of great performances in overall. It just never crimes over that inch mark to like love the movie. So, uh, Bowman. Yeah, uh, I I think that this is fantastic. I feel like I'm one of the people who like loves this movie more than most people. I like love this film. I love Robbie's performance. She's my winner this year for actress. I think she's that good. Who else? What? Francis McDormand for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. That's right. Yes. Uh, yeah, Francis. Uh, but yeah, uh, Margot Robbie, I think is like just that good. Allison Janney is one of those people who I just love in everything. Uh, I I find that like one of my favorite niches is what I call stylized biopics. Biopics that are like true story biopic movies, but that just have a little bit more flavor to them. And just do some kind of unique things, like the fourth wall breaking in this movie, or like what the Big Short does, things like that. I like stylized biopics, so that that's I think one of the reasons why this movie really hits for me more than other people. I also love Sebastian Stan in the role of evil Ned Flanders. Like that's what he's doing in this movie. He's like very like dorky and awkward, but then like vindictive and mean, and it's like really fascinating to see that type of character. I, I like this movie a lot. Uh, Joseph Cody was talking about the fact that I love Terrence Malick and it goes against like everything that I stand for as a film fan. But yet, for some reason, I love Terrence Malick and all of his... Actually, there's only one Terrence Malick movie I don't like. So, Which is... Which, which one? Is pretty, uh, to the Wonder, I think is pretty fucking bad. Oh, the, the Ben Affleck and Javier Bardem one? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not good. Uh, but I, I fucking love Knight of Cups, so everyone can get out, get out of here. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to go to Matthew uh, for his pick to close out the list. Uh, so I, I watched a few movies for YOS Top 40, uh, and so I'm, I don't want to talk about them because one made it on my list, and I, I'm going to be talking about it in a few weeks. So uh, instead, I'm going to talk about uh, Christine, which I watched... Uh, when I was studying 80s horror by, with uh, Melissa. Melissa chose it. And yeah, this was before I had seen any completed John Carpenter's filmography. So this was one of the earliest ones I had seen. And I just really enjoyed it. I think a story about a car that goes on a rampage and kills people can sound really goofy. And especially when it's in the 80s. But there's something about John Carpenter's direction that I just really enjoy. He, he manages to make it feel very intimidating. Uh, there's some really gorgeous effects. Um, there's a scene where Christine has to rebuild herself. 
and it just looks stunning with how uh, the effects are made. And uh, I think the character, the lead character, Arnie, is not a very good character, but I think it's really interesting to watch him and see his relationships with all the other characters there. And then when he starts to be obsessive about Christine, there's a, something really interesting about that. I think the soundtrack is excellent. There's some really great 80s songs that um, work really great. So, yeah, this is, this is great. Uh, I have not seen this, but um, I've watched more John Carpenter in the last few months than I have ever. So uh, it's on my to-do list to get through the rest of his movies. So I'll get there eventually. Uh, Cody, uh, you love movies famously where cars are big part of the plot and, you know, maybe even uh, main characters. Yeah, I have three questions and they should be answered really quickly. One, does anybody have love, make love in to this car? Is this a prequel to Rubber? And um, can't a car compactor just finish this movie in like 10 minutes? Okay, that's all I need to know. You can Thank catch you. up to it. Uh, Bowman. Yeah, no, I'm not big on Christine personally. I think this one's like mid-tier Carpenter, to be honest. There's some... I, I like the supporting cast, like uh, Robert Prosky and uh, Harry Dean Stanton, but... Overall, eh. Joseph? Uh, I am in the same boat as you, that I have seen more Carpenter movies in the past year than ever. Uh, I've enjoyed some of them. I've uh, appreciated some more than others. Some others I don't like, uh, but I've never seen this one. All right. So that's the list. Thought Joseph was going to talk longer. That's why I took a bite of candy. Um. Anyway. That's the list. I can talk a little bit longer if you'd like about different things. Head over to the letterbox. Uh, the link right there. Take a look and click like on that list that we just made. Um, all the movies we talk about tonight are going to be on that letterbox in our uh, films. So you can check those all out there. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about the movie of the month, which is Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, Speaking Bo of Carpenter. Yes, right. Uh, Boatman and Joseph talked about this last week. Um, I was not here, so uh, I will I will talk about it now uh, as well as Matthew. Uh, Matthew, why don't you start? Uh, because I know you said you watched it a while ago, but what what do you remember yeah. about the movie? Did you like the movie? Let's hear it. I really liked Assault on Precinct Thirteen. I was I went through all of Carpenter's movies last year, and so this is one that I just found was really thrilling i love this single location i think just with Cap carpenter's direction i think he really adds a lot of atmosphere to this very simple uh story but i uh, i think there's a lot of scenes that stand out like the ice cream uh scene or uh just when when we're at the police station i just think the character is all really interesting i think the score is really good and it's just really short like the 91 minutes just goes by and it's really tight yeah, um, I really liked the movie. I I was kind of in the middle for most of it until like the last like twenty minutes. I just I bumped it up to the four stars. I thought that it was it was really really excellent. Um, the score I agree is like amazing, and so I don't know why I was surprised that it was John Carpenter. I don't remember if I said at the beginning of the show or or if it was when we were off air still, but I didn't know this was a John Carpenter movie when I watched it, um, and. Uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I think there was a little 
to be desired as far as character development goes and stuff like that. But for how short it was, what he was able to accomplish, um, I thought it was really, really great. And um, like I said, I think the score is probably my favorite part. The fact that we kind of like, the fact that that ice cream scene is in here at all is kind of shocking and crazy. Um, it, it's nuts. Like that was the only time that the movie really gave me like an emotional reaction, but I think the rest of the movie does its job really well. Um, it's not like my favorite movie we've watched for this show. Um, but it was good and I, and I enjoyed it. I'm interested to see the remake now just cause like with updated cast and and visuals and stuff like what what they would do to update this because i also noticed that it was like almost 30 minutes longer than this one so it's like what what else are you gonna are you gonna do but the cast is interesting so i i might check that out and see um but yeah i really like this so yeah um i gave it four stars so uh matthew what did what did what would you give it i give it four and a half okay perfect all right and cody you said you're gonna talk about it next week correct all right, great. Well, that's the show, guys. Next week, we're talking about fictional movie bands slash artists. I have no idea what I'm going to bring up for that. Uh, I might let Boatman take both my picks. So, uh, And then uh, we're going to do uh, Guilty Pleasures after that. God help my soul. Uh, that's going to be me, Boatman, Nazario, Mike, and Bill. Uh, that is going to be the show from hell. And uh, we are going to do Guilty Pleasures again in September because we had so many people sign up for it. Um, so there will be another chance to be on Guilty Pleasures uh, in September. And then to close out the month, we're doing Best Actors and Actresses Working Today. Uh, so that'll be another fun one as well. So we got some fun stuff coming up the next few weeks. Thank you guys for watching. Um, as always, uh, that was Cody, Joseph, Matthew, and Boatman. I've been Tim. We'll see you guys next week. Be sure to tune into YLS tomorrow for the beginning of Top 40 Musicals. We'll see you next week. Bye. In case I don't stay. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good evening.